0: Welcome back to WitGift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we're talking all about sport, football in particular, an episode I loved recording, not because I'm a huge football fan, but actually because I'm not. That means this episode isn't filled with football jargon, but instead we hear about how the boys experience the sport in school and why it's so important. Andrew Martin is the director of football and he's here to talk to us today about what football looks like at school, how it helps with all subjects. We talk about the relationships the school has with different clubs and what the future looks like. It's a great episode. It's for football lovers and non-football lovers alike. So come with me now into school as we speak to the director of football. It's Andrew Martin. Andrew, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you today?
1: Uh, good morning, Simon. I'm where, very well, thank you.
0: It's good to have you with us, and uh, very keen to talk to you about football here today. But anyway, let's come back on to that a little bit later. Tell us first of all how long you've have you been at school for, for, for long? How long have you been there for?
1: Yes, Simon. I've just uh, re- Well, I've just passed ten years at Whitgift, so I started. Um, it would have been my ten year anniversary back in October, so um, just over ten years now.
0: And what was it that brought you to Whitgift in the first place?
1: As corny as it sounds, I think just the opportunity to work at such a fantastic school and sort of when I started football was still pretty much in his infancy so I think there was a huge amount of room to grow and room to improve so so I think alongside the school and and alongside where it wanted to be on the football field or the sports field it was definitely uh, very um, enticing to me.
0: I'm gonna guess that you've been into football for pretty much your whole life.
1: Very much so. Um, You know, I started, I played my first competitive match when I was 10 years old, which is pretty old now. I think you have boys out there who are playing at five and six years old, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. But yeah, I, I started playing football for a local boys club Um, As a 10-year-old, really enjoyed that. It it was quite a funny story at first because um, being um, from a a religious family, mum wasn't keen on me playing football because it clashed with church on a Sunday. So uh, there was a bit of uh, (laughs) to and fro in at home and I was begging mum to let me play and she was saying you had to go to church. In the end, she relented. And as I say, sort of the rest is history. I'm still involved in football um, over 30 years later.
0: Gosh, wow. And so was that Was that in the local area? Did you go to school in the local area?
1: I'm from Cardiff originally. So um, I was born and brought up in Cardiff. So played for a local boys club, um, was fortunate enough to do pretty well there um, and then progressed to play for Cardiff schools, which is obviously the district. Then was fortunate enough to progress again and play for South Wales and then eventually went on to play for Wales school boys and so forth.
0: So um, sort of a really good time in, in my life, which I remember of it. Yeah, it sounds great fun. Tell me a bit about the fact that you stepped into a role here, which is director of football. A lot of schools have director of sport. Not many schools have a director of football though.
1: Yeah, as I said, so 10 years ago when I started, um, I actually started on a part-time basis as a football coach. We had a head of football in charge at the time. And then after a year of being part-time, I took on the role of head of junior football, which made me oversee the under 11s, under 12s and under 13s. And then six years ago, I took over from the head of football and became director of football. I think if I'm honest, it was just the title was in line with the other sports. So as you said, there was a director of sports. We had a director of cricket, a director of hockey, a director of rugby. So I think I think being honest, the title was just to reflect the other the other titles being exactly the same.
0: Okay, so coming from the point of view of someone who's not really into football, what, what does the football provision look like at Whitgift? How does it actually look between Monday and Friday at school?
1: Yeah, as I touched on earlier, the football provision at school now Was huge, far bigger than than ever before. You know, just before we go into that, to give you an idea of what I say we're expanding, you know, when I first started, we had around about 120 boys playing across 10 teams. We've got in excess of 500 boys playing in nearly 30 teams now. So, provision across the school is huge and, and it's very much a sport for all. Pretty much every young Man, boy, pupil at this school dreams of being a professional footballer or playing international football. So we have teams from under 11 right through to under under 18. And they will train throughout the week, obviously different age groups, different days. Some will train during lunchtime, some will train after school. A lot of them will train during their games period. And then Saturdays are predominantly our game day, with some cup matches being played midweek.
0: So it's, it's a really, really busy, or a lot to fit into to a week. And how's that changed from when you first joined the school, say ten years ago?
1: As I say enormously, just, just with the numbers we're speaking about, you know, we're, we're now offering football to, to in excess of 500 boys. So you're looking at pitches. We need the right amount of pitch size for these boys. Uh, we need the right amount of coaches and quality coaching and, and teachers or teaching staff that's helping us, equipment. So, you know, it, it's a it's a massive, you know, moving all-encompassing sport at the moment, which just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm kind of really enjoying rolling with it because it's really exciting that after 10 years, we're still
0: learning and improving and probably growing. Talk to me a little bit about why sport any any sport whether it's football or, or anything else is so important for other aspects of school life as well you know how that helps children to focus in their studies when they're in a geography lesson just for example
1: yeah i think that's a really good question i, I think the first thing simon is confidence um what i would say is is listen we're all different so uh, a, a young pupil who's aspiring on the sports fields be it football he might not be as great as in geography, as you're saying, but his confidence from doing well on the sports pitch will maybe give him more confidence when he's when he's in the the classroom. I think also the social aspect is huge in sport. You know, you, you get the opportunity, you're outdoors, you're on a field, you can chat, you can talk with your teammates and I think camaraderie a lot. So, you know, to be a good sportsman, when you, you're normally playing in a team and to be part of a team, you need to get on with one another. So I think, again, reverting to the classroom, maybe if... If your teammate is a bit down in the dumps because of his geography or his music or his English, then, you know, quite often one of his pals will give him a hand or help him out the same as he would do on a sports field. So I think for me, you know, confidence, because we're not all good at everything. And I think camaraderie amongst the pupils to kind of have that real sort of good team ethic or team bond.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned team ethic and team bond right at the end there, because... I'm just thinking that some of the people listening to this, maybe their memories of football at school were, were were being picked for a team or not being picked for a team. And that awful feeling of being one of the ones left, left over at the end and not really wanted in either this team or that team. But, but I imagine it's very different these days and, and that it's not so... Well, if I say the word harsh, I mean, it wasn't exactly harsh, but but I imagine it's very different these days.
1: It is different. As, as I say, we, our aim is not only to be the best we can um, on the football pitch, but also to give every pupil an opportunity to represent the school, whether it be an A team, a B team, a C team, a D team or an E team. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is that we give the opportunity for boys to find An ability level that they're comfortable with to start with, and then to learn and grow in that ability level where hopefully they can push on to a higher team and maybe, you know, whether it be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you know, to improve and develop at a rate that's good for them. We still have issues around selection, and that's probably the worst part of my job that we do have to pick and choose and, and, and try and be as competitive as, as we are, but also getting everyone good game time. So so I think, yeah, it has changed massive. I think the amount of opportunities there now for the pupils, as I said, you know, most year groups run four, maybe five teams. I think that's changed massively compared to maybe where I was when I played football, where it was maybe only one team per club or one team per year group. And it was a very close shop to to those maybe... 10, 12, 15 boys. Now we're looking at potentially 80 to 100 boys per year group playing. Wow.
0: Phenomenal numbers. They really are, aren't they? Yeah, huge. Really good. So I'd love to talk to you in a moment about some of the boys that have left Whitgift in the past and they've gone on to play professional football as a career. But before we do that, I'm just imagining if I was a cautious kind of traditional sort of parent and Maybe one of the boys at school, they've got parents where both parents are doctors or both parents are lawyers or or something like that. And there's a boy at school who's particularly into football and good at football and says that he wants to follow a career in football and is finding that there's a confrontation almost with his parents. Or maybe if you're a parent listening to this and you're thinking, oh, how do I handle a situation where my boy says that they want to do something like football for a career and I'm not sure it's the right thing for them to do? but maybe it's because my own background as a parent is that, you know, the right kind of career is to be a doctor or to be a lawyer. What would you say to a parent in that situation?
1: Um, Again, a really good question. And one we have encountered over the years, you know, uh, as we we already said, you know, most pupils or most young boys will want to aspire at some point or dream of being a footballer. And some parents might not be overly keen. I think then that is where we step in and, and it does sound very big headed, but I'll explain. You know, we are fortunate enough at school to have, coaches and teachers who have played professionally, who have coached professionally, who have gone away and done courses in football coaching and, and football delivery. So we kind of act as, as, as that middleman, that liaison officer where we want to facilitate the pupil's needs, what he wants and what's best for him. But we also want to kind of, allay any fears that mum and dad may have. So I think it's just a case of being, you know, good with communication, speaking regularly and often to them. And I think being open and honest, explaining the pitfalls that there are in football, which there are a lot, you know, I think we'd be lying or hiding behind the truth if we said there wasn't. It it is quite a a tough environment, both mentally and physically. So so I think being an open, honest, transparent with the parents, being an open, honest, transparent with the pupil and kind of being that middleman where we we sort of take the brunt of it in the middle and and sort of organize and liaise so that you know, both sides are happy, and, and we support the pupil as long as he wants to chase that sort of vision or
0: dream of him being a professional. No, it makes perfect sense. Tell me a bit then about some of the boys who have left and gone on to play professional football.
1: Yeah, well, so we're uh, we're very fortunate to have um, a, a great number of boys who have who have left us and gone on to currently be playing professional football. Um, I think we're, we're approaching nearly thirty former pupils who are who are playing professionally or have played professionally over the years. I've been here. You've got the. The the big ones, um, Victor Moses played for Chelsea, played for Crystal Palace, played in the World Cup finals. We've got Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's um, currently on loan at Bayern Leverkusen from Chelsea, who's an England international. And then probably at this moment in time, the, the biggest will be um, Jamal Musiala over at Bayern Munich and playing for Germany regularly at the age of 19. He's won the Champions League already. He's won the Bundesliga. So they're three that really jump out of you straight away. But I I think below that, we have Nathan Baxter, who is a goalkeeper at Chelsea. He's a fantastic role model, I think. Not that Callum, uh, Jamal and Victor's not, but Nathan had a lot of adversity in his career through his time at school, which we supported. And he's now a professional at Chelsea on loan at Hull. And when he left school, he actually came back to continue with his A-levels with us. So he was a real success story, someone who married together his academics because he was a very smart boy. He also played cricket to a high level and he managed his football and, and now has gone on to you know walk away with all his um, academic grades intact and also currently um, at Chelsea on loan at Hull City. So he's done very well for himself.
0: Now you mentioned some of these different clubs here. Tell me about some of the affiliations that you... Have with them as well,
1: yeah. So, uh, it's a question we get asked a lot, Simon. About, um, you know, how do we have this relationship? How do we have this affiliation? The the honest answer is we we actually don't have any affiliation with any one club. We, as Whitgift, felt um, a few years ago when it was suggested to us that maybe we would align with one club in particular, that we felt that. We as a school had a lot more to offer rather than just limiting it to one group of boys or, or one club. And we also felt that by getting in different boys from different clubs and different backgrounds gave everyone a better experience of football rather than just having sort of a a one club fits all so we have really good relationships with a lot of local clubs so Crystal Palace is probably a couple of kicks of a football away so we have good relationships with with them, Chelsea is is probably a few more kicks of a football away and we have very good relationships with them also Arsenal, also Fulham so they're the Premier League clubs and then we have quite good relationships with lower down league clubs so Mill War, Charlton, AFC Wimbledon. So our uh, sort of cohort of boys who, who visit those clubs, trial at those clubs, sign with those clubs are really quite big.
0: And what do those relationships actually mean? I mean, what, what what sort of service does that provide to to the boys at school? I think two
1: main aspects we provide. So one is the boys who are already at those clubs, so a working relationship. Because again, similar to what we spoke about earlier on with the uh, young boy who wanted to be a footballer and maybe mum and dad who weren't overly keen. So we we kind of tie the ends together. So what's going on at Whitgift And let's say Crystal Palace. What's going on at Crystal Palace? We're the we're the middleman. We we tie both of those together. So injuries, fatigue. Over too much playing time, falling behind in homework because of commitments elsewhere, falling behind academically because of commitments elsewhere. So we we keep an eye on all that and make sure kind of the ship's sailing in the right direction. And when we kind of try and nip any problems in the bud or any clashes in the bud pretty early, and we're very lucky, I think as a school, we're one of the only schools who are able to reach out over a phone conversation or a WhatsApp message or a text message to see how things are progressing. Normally you'll have to go through official lines. So I think that's one. And then the second one is because of our relationships any boy or pupil at our school who's doing particularly well on the football field, we could maybe um, push them in the direction of one of these clubs where they might go and get a trial and hopefully be successful and and maybe sign with those clubs. So I think they're they're the two avenues where our relationships really flourish between us and the clubs.
0: We've talked about all the boys that that have a lifelong dream to be a professional footballer, but some boys, of course, won't be interested in football. How do you engage them in sport? Because it's good for all, all children to do sport, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I think you know a lot that's out there at the moment about Fitness levels, you know, participation levels. Um, So I I think the amount of sport we have on offer at WICF is phenomenal. I I think we're over 30 sports on offer now. So, you know, if if one particular pupil doesn't like football, it might be rugby. If he doesn't like rugby, it might be hockey. If it's not hockey, it's basketball. If it's not basketball, it's archery. So I I think we we have so many sports on offer. I'm pretty sure that, that the pupils will find a love of one of them, whether they're the best in the world or not the best in the world, you know, they, they still enjoy what they're doing and they have a pride in what they do and and, and they want to achieve and, and, and be the best they can.
0: Do you play football yourself at the weekends when, when, when you're not at school?
1: Simon, I'll be honest, I've given up. I gave up quite early. Yeah, I... Um, I I sort of being honest sort of fell out of love with playing and fell in love with coaching so um, I still get my football fix as I said I started as a 10 year old so I still get my football fix from watching the pupils play and being involved in that sort of team dynamics that team environment and but obviously now I'm, I'm the one who's supporting them and asking them or telling them what to do whereas they're doing the running round they're doing the hard mm-hmm. bit
0: <laughs> but to me actually that, that that strikes me as being the best combination because you've got someone there who loves football in yourself but if your love of football is now about teaching other people and coaching some of the boys at school in in their football instead of you coaching them but actually you're thinking to yourself oh i wish i was playing myself I, you know i wish i was playing on a saturday afternoon with some of my friends but actually, this sounds perfect to me. Oh,
1: thank you. I'll get you to give me a pay rise. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like I say, my, my passion very much now is coaching. You know, I, I had my career, I had my time when I played and, and I enjoyed it and I look back on it fondly. But for me now, it's it's very much coaching the pupils, giving them the best experience they can. And also, I think, again, being honest, trying to make them avoid the pitfalls maybe that I experienced during my playing career, because listen, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes at times. So I think not only coaching them to the best of my ability and giving them the best of me, but also trying to make sure that they don't, um, well, they will. We all make mistakes, but try and sort of um, minimalise the mistakes that they make on their way through the football programme at Whitgift to whichever they're going to be become next, whether that's an international footballer, a Premier League footballer, a professional footballer or someone who just still enjoys playing with his mates, as you said, on, on a Saturday or a Sunday.
0: What would you say your own pitfalls are? You just hinted at them.
1: I think looking back and again, being open, I think probably for me, I got too much too young and then maybe expected things to happen rather than go and work really hard for them. So I I think to put it in a nutshell, I probably took my foot off the gas a little bit um when I should have kept striving and pushing really hard. So but I think that's a pitfall that that is is too evident in football these days and probably even more so now than ever with the amount of money in the game that, you know, pupils and boys get so much so young that I think that that hunger and that drive and desire can sometimes be diminished with the riches of having the best trainers, the best cars, the biggest houses. So I think that's one that we've always got to be wary of, but it's very tough to kind of tell the boys to turn down these these things that are offered to them. So I, I think that's probably the biggest one that I always keep an eye on the boys that sort of, they stop working as hard as they have done previously because they're doing well. I think when you're doing well, that's where you've really got to keep on top. And as they see, as they say, the hard work's just started. You've got to keep going.
0: Uh, slightly easier question. <laughs> Tell me about the future of Wick Gift Football.
1: Yeah, as I've said, hugely exciting. You know, we've already spoken about numbers and how it's exploded in the 10 years I've been here and um, there's no sign of it slowing down. I think talks within are about football expanding again further. How we improve our spacing, how we improve our pitches, how we get more coaches in to give the the boys and the pupils the the experience they deserve. So, so I think kind of um, to sit on the fence, watch this space. I think I think it's a really exciting next two, three, four, five years where I think we're going to grow again. I think the one thing we need to be careful of is that we don't. Let the dog lead me, so you don't let football get out of control and take me to places where I don't want it to be. I've got to stay in control, and I know that sounds very um military, but you know we've still got to give the experience um we want to all the boys and and, and if it grows too big too quickly, we might lose sight of that. Um, so we need we need
0: to keep it under control, but I think it's very exciting. Um, as I say, a few years ahead. Love it. Thank you for that, Andrew. Two quick questions before we come to an end. Uh, one question here for parents: How can they stay warm when they're standing on the side of the football pitch? <laughs>
1: I don't know the answer to that because as I'm getting older, I'm getting colder. So two pairs of gloves, two coats, bobble hat. Oh, I'll tell you my secret at the moment, and, and they might all laugh, waterproof trainers. Go out and buy a pair of Gore-Tex trainers. They're expensive, but they'll, they'll definitely keep you warmer and drier. That's, that's my tip, waterproof trainers. Love that.
0: And then finally, tell me one thing that you miss about South Wales or Cardiff in particular. If I mentioned the Philharmonic?
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. You, you've been there. You know it. Yeah, we won't say too much about the Philharmonic. Uh, what do I miss about home? Do you know what? I'd be very corny, but I'm getting older. Family. My family also live down there. So I think family is important. As you, well, family should always be important. But I think as you get older, you you realise how important and how close you are. So I think um, as corny as it is, uh, I miss the family.
0: Andrew, we need to bring this to a close now, but just want to say thank you for your time. It's been really good talking to you about football, especially from me as a point of view of someone that's not really into football. But this episode has been really interesting. So thank you for that.
1: No, thank you, Simon. I've really enjoyed it.
0: So that was Andrew Martin, Director of Football, talking about the sport in school. A big thank you to you, Andrew, for your time. It was really good hearing from you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.